0: From the Mercy One studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday
1: at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments.
2: Well, welcome to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It's your weekly dose of news from the diocese and the world, plus commentary on tough issues that are impacting our life. And boy, do we have a tough issue impacting our life these days. That's the coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Hey, it is Straight Talk. You've got questions. Hopefully, we have some answers for you around this today. I'm Jean Wells. And I'm so blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio, and also grateful to Blackbird Investments for sponsoring Straight Talk. Doing what is challenging because it is right, that's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, go to BlackbirdInvest.com. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk about, is this the end of the world? And if so, are you ready? With 571,000 positive cases in the U.S., and already 23,000 deaths due to the coronavirus, can the researchers and medical profession, professionals curtail this disease, or is this the end of society as we know it? Now, there are a few folks who claim the worst, yet the end of the world isn't likely. But we have been given a unique opportunity to reevaluate our own lives and to ask, how do I want to live my life? differently than what we may have in the past. My guest today is Deacon Tom Bradley. He is permanent Deacon at St. Mary of Nazareth and here in Des Moines and we're going to talk about that issue. We're we'll also talk about how we can take advantage of this isolation time. You know there are folks that have chosen to be isolated and they're hermits or in cloistered communities. They've chosen but that their life be separate from the world. What can we learn from them? You know, historically, hermits were men who isolated themselves in the desert. They separated themselves from the material world in search of peace with God. You know, We often refer to Lent as our own 40 days in the desert, yet we know our lives truly haven't changed that much in comparison to what the hermits chose. But we do have that unique opportunity to choose and to embrace some of the practices of hermits and embrace them into our own lives and perhaps we will find a new peace ourselves. Hey, some news first. Um, We have our daily update from Governor Reynolds and her press conference is at 11 each day so we'll have more information then. Um, In her numbers, she always includes those who have passed away from this illness. And as of yesterday, there were 43 in our state. So let us remember them in our prayers. May their souls and all the souls of the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Now, Bishop David J. Malloy of Rockford, um, he is chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops uh, the USCCB Committee on International Justice and Peace. And they have issued the following statement calling for a cessation of hostilities and greater humanitarian access because of this coronavirus. He wrote, In the context of the global scope and scale of the COVID-19 virus crisis, Pope Francis, during his Angelus message on Sunday, March 29th, called for a global ceasefire in all hostilities. His pleas seeks to allow for a deepening of the fraternal bonds of the human family in search for not just a momentary, but a lasting peace. You know, and I would extend that piece to all of us. You know, you can tell that people are getting short-tempered. They're getting frustrated with being isolated. Um, let us take this opportunity for us to call for a cessation of hostilities and greater humanitarian acts in our own lives. This would be good for our faith, our community, and our church. Hey, when we come back, I'll be visiting with Deacon Tom Bradley, a deacon uh, at St. Mary of Nazareth here in Des Moines. Is the world coming to an end because of the coronavirus? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this uh, octave of Easter a little bit. It's time for Straight Talk, right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you,
3: Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmentinternational.org. That's blessmentinternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? We make printing easy. Nearly 64% of all abortions in Iowa are chemical or more commonly known, the abortion pill. At Intervisions Healthcare, we do not provide the abortion pill, but we do provide the medical information required to make an informed decision. If a woman regrets taking the first pill, she can come to Intervisions to help reverse the effects. Our nursing staff is trained in the abortion pill reversal protocol, a relatively new medical procedure, but we need your help in getting the word out. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support the mission, visit
2: Well, welcome back, everyone, to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Walls, and so grateful that Deacon Tom Bradley can join me today. He is one of the permanent deacons at St. Mary of Nazareth here in Des Moines, up on Meredith Drive. And Deacon Tom, it really, I mean, you you said yes yesterday to joining me. So I have been praying about who I could get that could talk about this issue, and it. It was you, so thank you for saying yes to my request.
1: Well, thank you so much for
2: asking. It's uh, always an honor to be on your show. Oh, Deacon Tom, you flatter me. Thank you. Hey, um, but before we get into this this issue of is this the end of the world? You know, all of this surrounding the coronavirus. Let's let's take a respite for a minute and and look at this octave of Easter. I did a little research and, and St. Athanasius said the 50 days from the Sunday of the Resurrection to Pentecost Sunday are celebrated in joy and exaltation as one feast day, indeed as one great Sunday, but the first eight days they're active, specifically celebrate the solemnity of Easter every day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? So, help.
1: Well, it, the octave is, is a, kind of an ancient idea. Uh, first of all, we don't do a very good job, probably in many of our, our our parishes and our homes, of really celebrating Easter properly. And so we need to kind of reaffirm this idea of the octave, these eight days. For, in the book of Exodus, God commanded the Israelites to celebrate the greater feast, like Passover and, and for eight days, the solemn assembly and from the first day until the eighth day. So the Catholic Church liturgically, we celebrate Easter, as you said, at the highest pitch, if you will, from Easter uh-huh. Sunday to divine mercy. So each and every day of this octave is considered a solemn feast or a solemnity, if you will, in our Roman calendar. So many of us can't now, and even probably if we could come to Mass, don't come to mass um, during the octave Easter, but we can and we should, right? Engage in some joyous worship in our homes and in our workplaces.
2: So, but how does that differentiate them between these eight days and the fifty days?
1: Well, the, the whole fifty days, as you said, right? So, so in in the wisdom of the church, I guess Lent obviously is. Is a 40 day period of a fast, abstinence, almsgiving in preparation for this Easter and this Easter season. And so the church said, well, it'd be anticlimactic, right, to have the feast of Easter only one day. And so we, we know, obviously, resurrection, Christ is risen, he's alive. So mm-hmm. the church, if you will, in her wisdom, has to celebrate longer. In the season of penance. And so the Paschal mystery, Christ's passion and his death, even resurrection, is is central to our faith. That's why faithless, why Easter is so important for us. And so Jesus conquered sin and death. We opened the gates of heaven. We were closed due to our original sin of Adam and Eve. So through this victory over death, rebirth and baptism, we share in this everlasting life. So for us, all right, the 50 days, and I'll get into that. The resurrection is the nucleus of our faith, and we celebrate this, as you said, exalting and rejoicing, is it's really important. So during the hour of Easter the season, the 50 days of the Easter, from Easter Sunday to Pentecost, as we celebrate as one feast, as you said, one great Sunday. And this echoes mm-hmm. St. Augustine, is the 50 days of Easter, excludes fast, anticipation for the banquet of high high priesthood. Many of us, uh, like I, I still keep the, the Friday fast. But during Easter, this 50 days is supposed to be a celebration. Like you remember the the Pharisees got all upset because the disciples were, were taking grain off, off of the field as they walked through them on the Sabbath. They got all upset. Mm-hmm. He said, well, well, the bridegroom's here. Right, we're celebrating. We can't should be fasting. We need to be with Christ and celebrating. So this 50 days is this great long feast of celebration that like some people might do for a wedding in some cultures. There might be a whole week of celebrations for, for a wedding. This is a whole 50 days to remember what Christ has done for us. And so this 50 days is is critical, and it should be celebrated
0: mm-hmm.
1: with, with, with full rejoicing. It's like, it's like any kind of party, a birthday party or a wedding.
2: Well, you know, you you've mentioned that with exalting and and rejoicing, and as a a church musician or a retired church musician, um, even though our online masses were beautiful, we didn't have the fullness of the music that you know lifts up you know so much of the liturgy, in, especially in comparison to Lent, where it's it's the quietness and the, and the dryness of, of, of less, and then in Easter we have the more, the exultation and rejoicing, and all, all the music.
1: Sure, and, and music is, is such a critical part of liturgy. The Church affirms that uh, so much, and that's why it's very particular about the type of music you listen to um, in liturgy, and that's a song in, in liturgy. But most of us uh, that are probably listening are, are somewhat tech-savvy enough to turn the radio on, and some of us have have, yeah. have, have Echoes at home or Siri or, or smartphones. And so really encourage everyone to to really take advantage of that technology that you have and, and ask to pay, uh, Alexa to play Easter music. And often it will come yeah. up with uh, either contemporary, very nice uh, praise music. And so we should be singing this just like we would... Uh, in, in Christmas, we had this whole lead up of Christmas songs and Christmas carols, and we listened to it for, 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 for days and days prior to, and maybe some of us even a few days afterwards, and then it's kind of done. This is the time for us, even though we don't hear it necessarily um, on those broadcasts, we have the technology um, in our homes usually um, to listen to great praise music, and we should do that.
2: Well, and and just all of the other beautiful music. Andrea Picelli had his um, concert that had a beautiful Ave Maria and, and a number of uh, beautiful hymns that we can take advantage of. That maybe was there before before the coronavirus, but it does challenge us to to search out that kind of beautiful music to to lift up um, to to lift up just the season. You know, one of the things, you know, I really miss, and, and that is going to daily Mass, and especially now during the octave, you know, we are, I mean, I, I watched Mass this morning at 630. You have Mass today at, at you're leaving us a little early for 11 o'clock Mass. Um, you know, so if we, we aren't watching, what do we, how do we really get this octave time? Well, right. it, it, it
1: takes it takes some effort, I think, uh, because, it, it, like I said, we haven't really capitalized on this great beauty in, in Advent time. We often have these great prayer, you know, things come out to, to how to pray. You know, when you light a candle in the first week, and the second week, and the third week, we have these prayers, and maybe even these little songs we pray before before we eat. Um, these are very rich in tradition. Um, there's there has been, but not in our our traditional. Current church, a lot of effort put into the octave as far as the prayers and stuff concerned. However, right, most of us have the ability to with the daily readings for mass. If you can't attend ten mass, uh, either on USCCB or ibrevery or Ludate. there's so many mm-hmm. resources now that are available. There's so many great resources that 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 are available through Ascension Press and through through Dynamic Catholic and a myriad of places that give you daily reflections and and readings. And they do address the octave of of Easter, and I do encourage you, if you have technology, uh, to really take advantage of those things and make that part of your prayer life during this octave Mm -hmm. and and all the way through
2: to to Pentecost. So, I mean, this has been the weirdest Lent, I mean, the most unusual Lent, and Holy Week and Easter. Uh, with this quarantine, yet it did, it forced me, it forced a lot of us to reevaluate our experiences um, in comparison to the past. And I just want, how did, how did this season impact you, Deacon Tom? I mean, you still got to be at the altar and serve during Holy Week and and Easter, yet there was no congregation. How did this impact you? Yeah, it's uh...
1: It's been challenging, and I think it's been challenging probably in a different way from, from the laity. Um, I think my brother clergy uh, have, are struggling in different ways about this. Yeah, many of us, I had the blessing of being able to, to serve at Mass um, throughout this period of time, and I will, again, later this morning, as you said, but I'm, I'm we're praying and responding back to an empty church, uh, knowing that with the technology, there are hundreds of people...
0: That are that are
1: viewing it, or we'll view it later. But it is difficult because, obviously, we're we're people of, of faith, and we're responsible for, for praying for people. But a good part of our action, which is expected, and we expect of ourselves, is reaching out, going, seeing the homebound, um, taking communion to 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 people in in nursing homes or in in hospitals or. Just having us contact with people. And so it, it, it does take us aback to say we trust in the Lord, right? That although we've been asked not to be able to go into hospice, not to be able to go into hospitals, uh, that's challenging for us and, and maybe more so for our, our brother priests. But it is challenging because we know we've dedicated ourselves to be there if we can, and we're told to stay away. And so it is challenging. As much as people hate us not being there, I think the agony for for many of us is that I should be there, but I'm asked not to, uh the common good of health, and that's
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's, a, it's a struggle. It's it's, it's a it's gut wrenching, but but out of out of good counsel and and prayerfulness, we have to trust in the Lord.
2: So, Deacon Tom, again, I'm I'm always one that tries to find the silver lining. In the worst scenarios. So, what has been your silver lining for you personally during this time? I think the
1: silver lining is, is is one for my own spirituality to be able to give give over my propensity, right, to want to do something, right? To, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm a man of ideas, and so I have always great ideas how I can do this or serve this or how how the community or the parish should do certain things. And I had to dial that back and say, okay, yeah. I, I need to trust that God has this. If, if I'm not here, God's going to take care of it anyway. So I, I for me, it's been a struggle, but it's also been a relief to know mm-hmm. that even my best efforts, if I could be out there doing these things, God handle it without me he wants me what? He's, chosen, he's chosen me <laughs> like he's chosen everyone else but yeah as we would say the willingness and the, and the desire to please God pleases God and so I I rest somewhat in that even though I, I you know I, I struggle every time the, the twinge comes I hear somebody's in the hospital or I hear somebody who has died um, and all I can do is maybe send a text or an email or make a phone call. Um, I do what I can do, and it, the humility of that is a great spiritual exercise.
2: Mm-hmm. And if we are busy doing everything, we don't get that. We don't we don't take the time necessarily to um, see the benefit of of trusting in the Lord because we get all busy with our to-do lists in our in our planner. It's like, okay, here's everything I need to do today in order to make life good and whole and true, and really we just need to trust in God, right?
1: Well, you do. It's just because I have, I have this big calendar on the side of my refrigerator where my wife and I put, put all of our, our things, you know, the meetings we have or church services or whatever, and usually that's filled up a month in advance and just getting filled up. This month yeah. has nothing on it; it's, it's blank, yeah. other than a, a homily that's in the end of the month and and the Holy Week. Yeah, you know? and so it's 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 a stark reminder of. But what's always there is relationship with with God and mm-hmm. His people in the ways in which we can.
2: I wanted to spend some time, you know, talking about how we can. Um, nurture our life during this exile. And, and, and I have to tell you, I, the reason I chose that word is that as I was uh, praying the rosary the other day and I got to the Hail Holy Queen. Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile. And I always had thought our exile was... You know, referring to, you know, the Old Testament and the Exodus and that exile. But we are in our own exile. After this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So this exile that we are from people and work situations, but more importantly, our exile from the Blessed Sacrament, from communion and community in our church, what are some of your suggestions for new and different ways to nurture our spiritual life during this exile?
1: there is so much
2: goodness, uh, and as I said
1: before the technology out there is so vast, the amount of reflective. Information, prayers, and mm. stuff to, to what type—are there. But this time, it's exile. But in a way, it's a it's a great sending forth. We mm. before this exile, if you will, is this process too. Um, we we're always sent forth, right, to, to to do and to live and to glorify God, right? After all, the liturgies, it's all this process. So in many ways, mm-hmm. we've been kind of forced into an early Pentecost to be sent forth to embrace our adult faith, to take advantage and live our faith out in a way we can. It's just like they sent the two out in maybe twos, right? They didn't have Jesus with them per se, but they had the Spirit of God with them as they traveled through. So at in dismissal from Mass, there's always this great sending, and there's like three or four, you know, approved dismissals, if you will. What I normally use and what I like the most is at the very end of Mass, as the priest gives the blessing, is go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Mm-hmm. We're kind of forced to do that in a special way, to take responsibility for our relationship with Christ and his church in a different way. And so they're preparing for the, in the Lenten practices, in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we of understand that we do it, however we do it in, in a good way or a bad way, and so we're, we're learning. But many of us, us, we've been we've been practicing Catholic, if you will, we've been practicing, we've been practicing, right? We, of so these days we might get it right. Yeah, we've been in a the bull, a bullpen for years. Use a baseball analogy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're in the bull, bullpen and we've been practicing for years and preparing. And now a number, our number's been called. Our number's been called to step up, right? Go to the mound and get to work. And our great work is prayer, and our great work is getting out there as we can to so take advantage of our isolation in prayer, but also to think bigger. I've been that way. I've been hiding in the upper room, right? You hide there, and at some point in time, we've got just to say, well, I can't stay in the upper room. I may feel like I'm here, but I'm called to be out. And so it 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 seems it seems crazy what I'm saying. Yeah, we may be locked up in our in our houses or or businesses and stuff, but we have such a rich tradition of prayer and faith, and we can reach out in ways we can. We can evangelize as we can. I mean, the schools, right, are having all
0: yeah.
1: these having having mass online teachings. We have the church doing liturgies online. We have all businesses doing Skype calls or, or Zoom and all these things. If if we're, even if we're not tech savvy, can use those things to reach out and to offer prayer and comfort to those, right, we can do something. Mm-hmm. And it, we're, we're, the big thing is, yeah, the prayers are out there, but I think the biggest thing we can do is, is not feel, we're not really exiled. We're exiled from the sacraments, kind of, but we have the spiritual communion that, that's always offered at, at our masses now. It's really there, and so the exile, although it seems exile, and I've been there, we had this great opportunity, right? It's rather than a time out of exile, it's really in the, in the, in the Church Fathers and the Ancient Desert Fathers, as we'll maybe get to later, is it, it is not a time out, it is a different kind hmm. of going closer to God, a different way of serving
2: God, right, and hmm. reliance upon God, right, and, and do those We may be physically things. in the upper room, but that doesn't mean that we are hiding there in fear. That we exactly. can still go forth from that upper room because of the, the virtual nature of society. Um, there's been so many things, like you've said, um, virtual retreats and, and prayer opportunities. Hey, it, it's at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the graces that we may receive because of all of this virtual work and what else we can do during this time away from the sacraments to really grow in our spiritual life. You're listening to Straight Talk here on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line? It's for the kids and their future.
0: Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com. Blackbird Investments, doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank
3: you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd to the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com. crownofbethlehem.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Carell Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat
0: care for adults and children. Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred Double D, Haas Double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Looks pretty nice today, mid-40s. It will be a little bit gusty, but we should get plenty of sunshine, partly cloudy in mid-20s overnight. Tomorrow, another sunny day, a few degrees warmer, high around 47. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Welcome back to Straight Great Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Deacon Tom Bradley, Deacon at St. Mary of Nazareth. And he's with us here for another, oh, uh, 15 minutes or so, as he will be leaving us a little early to prepare for 11 o'clock Mass at St. Mary's. And um, yeah, Deacon Tom, I, I really appreciate you joining me today as as we all work through this new... Experience of being, you know, isolated from the world, and and but connecting so much through technology, and and you know, I just I hope God blesses all of our priests and our deacons and their staff at our churches who have really worked so diligently and are still working diligently to bring our liturgies to us. Um, what has what has been the benefit in these efforts what is the the surprising benefit besides the grace i want to talk about that here in a minute too but what are the what are the benefits do you see is this challenging you and your pastor to to do things differently and to grow in your ministry in a different way oh of course
1: and it's uh, like i mentioned before it, it it's humbling and not being able to do certain things for which we would normally mm-hmm. do during this time of year but and we, I mean, many parishes are probably doing similar things. Yes, we're, many of us are live streaming our liturgies and the Easter, uh, the, the Twiddlum and the Easter services have gone out. And even if you have, if your parish, parish isn't, if you're tech savvy, you could watch you know, a myriad of, of possibilities. But just the idea of things that we might have wanted to or thought we should do in the past, we're doing, like sending out letters to, you know, to, to the parish, and encouraging them, letting them know that we're still here and that we're praying for them and we're thinking about them. Uh, so even some of those who, who may be disconnected from the church, for you know, we haven't seen for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. which most parishes have, there's a million people that we, we don't necessarily recognize coming to liturgies on an ongoing basis, and so it's an opportunity to both through through email blasts or through, through recorded messages from the pastor on social media platforms, uh, postcards and other things. And so it's allowed us to, to maybe slow down a little bit and say, okay, who haven't we reached, who haven't we seen, and how can we better reach out to them, let them know that they are not forgotten, all right? Mm-hmm. Even though we're not forgotten in prayer, all right, they may not have felt our presence and our prayer for them because we have not had a way to communicate with them. Uh, because not everybody's on Facebook, not everybody's on social media, um, and so we really, really have found that. And we've gotten some feedback from from, from mm-hmm. people. I, you know, thank you for the outreach. I appreciate you know you, you thinking about us and keeping us informed of what's mm-hmm. going on. And so, so just that knowing that you maybe reached a, a group of people from which you you may not, that, that you were cared about, but they didn't hear from you, and that that's been a a great great thing for, I think, for the pastor and for the staff to get that feedback that maybe that's something we should be doing all along and and continually doing that, that process.
2: Yeah, I really appreciated my parish um, called and said they were going to be calling everyone in the parish. And, and I, I was like, oh, well, you know, my last name begins with W. I'll be way down on the list. But I did. I got a phone call from one of the staff people just checking in, see how we were doing um, how I was doing, and you know, I said, "Cat and I are great. <laughs> we're both doing well." Um, but you know, and, and I think of, of you know all of these all of these outreach initiatives, including Mass, and and I have to say, I'm, I'm going to bring up something that that maybe sounds negative, but you know, we've all all seen when we're watching Mass, the the number of people that are viewing the Mass, and and even if you take that number times two, assuming that on average there's two viewers for each internet connection, the numbers are still not reaching the the whole congregation. You know, maybe they're watching Mass somewhere else, but you know, I'm concerned that folks will actually disconnect from the church. Those folks who who were marginal and weren't getting anything out of Mass, or I don't know how you want to call that, but you know, I'm 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 concerned. How do we make sure that we we connect with them and that they are receiving those graces that we are getting from a virtual mass?
1: Mm, certainly, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Uh, we, we we can't be satisfied with we call it with the maintenance of the few, even though they're very important. Um, to reach. But we, as I said before, uh, we have some some people just for out of choice or out of out of necessity uh, don't. Are not on social media. They don't live stream. They don't know how to use Facebook, or they don't. They choose not to, um, just because they don't. They want to be on Facebook. Uh, They don't really go to the parish website very, very much, and they don't use platforms like like many of us do. And so we certainly have that loyal group. The other group may be watching, you know, masses on EWTN or or other places. Robert Barron and a a myriad of places Mm -hmm. that are broadcasting these energies. Um, but the fact that we don't know, and, and it, it it always is, it always is difficult, and that's why those outreaches are so important. to, and to know that hey, we are thinking about you. Here are some here's some things we can have. Some people have chosen not to opt into our like our parish uh, email blast that we send out with the information mm-hmm. that's going on. And so it's the same same issue overall. and, and I think. Although we're not satisfied, we're always praying that somehow God reaches through our inadequacies. And it's a trusting that our prayers, the liturgies, our liturgies are not just for those who are participating. They're not just efficacious for those who are listening. God can reach through our, even our technology limitations, our personal limitations, And God, Holy Spirit, can reach through that. And so we have to trust in that, even though it's Mm -hmm. difficult and and, and it's worrisome. But in the end, Christ can do anything. And so that's kind of with us. okay, Mm -hmm. I will do, I'll be as creative as I can, and we can, and we'll do what we can. And and hopefully the Christ will will enlighten us with new and brighter ways to do things. But even in our limitation of God, which is through. So, and I isn't that clear. the key,
2: listening listening for those inspirations of the Holy Spirit? You know, it's like, you know, if we've got folks that are coming into our food pantry, for instance, you know, how are we reaching out to them? They may not watch Mass ever, but, you know, how are we reaching them with that spirit of, of hope and love from the Holy Spirit?
1: Well, and it's so big. I mean, we have a lot of food banks out there. We have a lot of Christian food banks including mm-hmm. the Mary's and things out there and stuff, you know, it's certainly that hope uh, and the brightness of joy of the people who are, who are, who are there helping out. But are we putting, you know, prayer cards or inspirational encouragement cards or, or things in the food ba- baskets along with the food? Are we feeding them mm-hmm. maybe that way? If, if we're not, maybe that's something we, we should consider. Yeah. You know? And when they come to the a food bank and they get their rice and their and their, their meat and their fresh fruit and stuff, they're also getting right, the door of the person in front of them, but they're also taking something home. You know, that's a, that's a prayer or, or, or an mm-hmm. idea of encouragement. Those are all things that we can, you know, be creative about. And they're certainly mm-hmm. out there to, uh, to, to draw from. Um, so all those things, like let Christ, guide us in new, innovative ways, right, to reach every person we can in a way that we can
2: well let's let's take this from another perspective. And that's that's you know, in a small way, you know, the, the saints, there are so many saints who chose the life as a hermit, St. Anthony and Basil, St. John Chrysostom, Saint Jerome. Um, what can we learn from them and embrace this time of, of quietude, this time of isolation, and learn how to be a little hermit during this time.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, wilderness, we call it, you're going out to the wilderness, if you will, and that comes in all forms. Some of us self-improvement, like the Desert Fathers, others are kind of forced upon us, like this current situation with the virus and staying Mm -hmm.
2: home.
1: Some of these things are not in our control, and uh, we don't even know where we're going for sure. When you go in the wilderness, sometimes you kind of have an expectation and maybe you think what's going to be when it's forced upon you like this, and you don't have the experience of it. It can be challenging. So... It can be dangerous, mm-hmm. and it can be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it can fill some people with grief and even despair, and, and and God doesn't want that. And so, yes, we can we can take this time to quiet ourselves and to listen. It can be unforgiving.
2: Isn't that right? key? It, yeah,
1: and Boy. It, it, it can be tough, and can get, and, it, and we can let it be a, be a grace-filled time for us or we can get bitter and lead us into temptation also, because sometimes we can, if we, if we look at it in a different way, as well, well I'm, I can't go and do my favorite pastime, I can't do this, I can't do that, so I must, I'm going to indulge in what I can, whether so that's binging on Netflix and, think, and maybe possible things that we shouldn't be watching on, on our devices um, that, that are not feeding us spiritually, not feeding our, our goodwill. We, we can be led into temptation, Thinking that, well, we deserve to kind of, you know, take what we can in this process, too. Mm-hmm. Desert Father would tell us, is no, right? The reason, reason is to disconnect from some of those things. So, although our devices and our technologies can feed us if they're used properly, right, and they, they can, they can also be used improperly in allowing us to let temptation enter in. But we can learn from them. that God is always there. When we feel that we're close to the end, we're never close to the end because God is always there.
2: Yeah. We need to 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 take one quick break, and when we come back, we'll have one question for Deacon Tom. What if this is the end of the world? We'll be right back. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
0: Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at FredHaas.com the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic
1: Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company. Providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Suns Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Suns Naturescapes online at fivesunsnaturescapes.com.
3: Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner.
0: And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders.
3: You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky.
2: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Deacon Tom Bradley. Uh, deacon Tom is is the permanent deacon at St. Mary of Nazareth on Meredith Drive. And and Deacon Tom, you know, you you, you watch social media, and, and people will post things that, you know, they aren't saying the words literally, this is the end of the world. But you can hear the despair and the angst in their own Voices in their in their posts, and you know this is this is a crazy time. I mean, this coronavirus is nuts. Um, we've had earthquakes, we've had tornadoes, we've had all of these um, devastating natural disasters, and it's like, well, what if this is the end of the world? Should we just whine and and wallow about it in our despair? Or what should we be doing?
1: Well, in many ways, this is this is exactly what the Catholic faith prepares us for. It tells us constantly that we are aliens in this land, that we should be working towards our working towards being ready for heaven. So it's so it's it's not a new thing for us in our theology. It's not a new thing in our teaching. It's it's may come to the roost, and we say, "Well, this may really happen." Well. The church says that, yeah, it, it could happen anyway. We, we fortunately know people die every day, and so we should always be prepared mm-hmm. So, whether it's the end of the world in its entirety, which, you know, obviously I doubt, um, but but it it can be. And so if we wait for this time, we have to do our duty. I mean, we are children of the king, and we're called to, to act and become as spiritually attuned as we can to become closer to God and prepare every day, right? Because the next day is never guaranteed to us. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's not like, like, yeah they the entire world may end, but it may end for us and, and it's not to be I think badly or hard, but we should always be looking at ourselves in a relationship with God in the world right and are we ready? Are we stealing ourselves in an like a sense like 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 iron right like a blade preparing ourselves through sacrament, through our prayer, through our self-denial and being the best we can with God's help, and so whether it's the end of the world or not, we go to Christ and we say, what was the example the Lord gave us? Right? He mm-hmm. prayed constantly. He was always there. Right? We always, like I say, that we depend, right? and we work like everything depends on us, but we know, and we acknowledge through our prayer and our spiritual life that we have complete reliance upon God. And we can remember, even in this time, in the readings from from Sunday, right? The angel said to the women, "Do not be afraid." Do
2: not be afraid. And, it,
1: and it's always a message for our, our faithful, whether it's the end of the world or not the end of the world. Right? Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Christ has us. Christ yeah. is with us. And so, whether it's in the world or not, um, if we rely upon Christ and put our faith in Christ, all will be well.
2: Well, I think that's a perfect place. I knew, I know you need to go and, and finish preparing and, and get vested for Mass. Deacon Tom, thank you so much for joining us today, um, for your kind words and for your um, reinforcement that, that do not be afraid. Just like the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. God bless you. Would you offer a blessing for our listeners, Deacon Tom?
1: Certainly. Pretty gracious God, it's your blessing upon these listeners, all these faithful who searching for you and seeing you in the faces of others. You know, always rely upon your great love and mercy for them and be not afraid. May my God, bless you in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Deacon Tom. And, and folks, I'd like to take these last few minutes of the show to just um, encourage you to think about what this um, opportunity is for you. This time in our lives that never happened before may never happen again where you do have quiet time I mean yes you could binge watch every show you've ever wanted to watch on Netflix or whatever Um, you could rewatch the Masters from last year the Super Bowl when the Cubs won go Cubs or you can say you know what what am I going to do differently what am I going to take this time for with my with my spouse or with my children you know if they're if they're little kiddos you know and and praying the whole rosary with them may not even be a practical uh, attempt but maybe to pray a decade of the rosary and let them choose which bead they're gonna hold in order to pray the rosary a big bead and pray in our Father or a little bead and pray in Hail Mary um, an opportunity to, to take daily readings. Um, there's a group that I'm a, a part of that has a, a, a go-to meeting on Wednesday mornings and, and we talk about scripture. Um, I, I do a video chat with a, a girlfriend on a book that we're reading that, um, is talking about our life in Christ. You know, what are we doing that is different and unusual? That isn't at the coffee shop when we're gathering or over a glass of wine. Um, maybe we need to turn off the TV and, um, turn on a, a reflection of, you know, from the internet or, or watch a mass maybe that was aired at 6.30 in the morning and it's 7 o'clock at night. Um, you can watch those things throughout and, and still participate in them. You know, we've been blessed with this coronavirus. Blessed, not because of the virus, but because of the opportunity that says, what am I doing differently? How is God calling me today to look at life in a new and different way? You know, we're being called. We are always being called. And, you know, I would say, let us know how, how you are responding to this call. You know, are you, are you saying to yourself, God, what do you want me to do? today? How do you want me to reach out to my neighbors and my friends, my family and my community that may be isolated if they're in a nursing home perhaps? What is it we are called to do? And if we are called to pray, embrace that prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to not allow us to be interfered by our own thoughts and worries, but instead, turn always to our Lord. We have been blessed, and, and I want to thank Deacon Tom for joining me today, For for Jimmy Olson, my producer, back in the studio, and today asking St. Edwin the Martyr, patron saint of pandemics, to intercede for all who have died from this virus, for those who are ill, and for those frontline workers caring for those infected. St. Edwin the Martyr, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk is on the air because of your prayers and generosity. I thank you and please consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio. Perhaps that $30 a month gift goes so far in helping us to to continue our local programming uh, for you. Straight Talk is every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk,
1: every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments.